welcome to episode four of DevSec Lead. In this episode, I'm bringing on a good friend of mine from Germany. We've had plenty of laughs and definitely plenty of beers together. And we've always had some great conversations. What I think is great about this conversation is that it gives a bit more perspective in communicating with other cultures. Hope you enjoy. Okay, so welcome to the show. I've got Micha, or is it Miha Riffle? Whatever you like to call it. Usually it's pronounced Michael, but that's difficult for American or English-speaking people. And ah. for the rest of the world, if they're not <laughs> Israelians or Germans. Or <laughs> so, so interesting way of pronouncing, um, my, we would say Michael in the U.S., where are you located? <laughs> I'm used to that. I'm located in Germany, as you might hear. Ah, okay, great. So, um, where are you now and what do you do? Uh, I don't expect you uh, expect the answer, Earth. <laughs> 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 no, at the moment, I'm, well, moment, yeah, for ages already, I'm working with ABB, doing info security at the moment, looking mostly after the, the endpoint encryption stuff. So everything that crashes disks makes user unhappy and things like that. Yeah, yeah, that would be uh, not so good. Um, ABB is a big company. How how many um, how many folks do you have to watch over? At the moment, it's one hundred and thirty-five thousand users and machines. And they're global, right? And they're global, yes. Oh, okay. So you started out as a data, or you started out as a scientist. How did you get into information security? Oh, that is a long story, and I try to keep it very, very short. But, you know, ABB is such a big company, then they require solution providers. And when I started with ABB years ago, started actually in 98 as a student co-worker there. And in 2008, they had the idea to employ me. Um, um, and at that time, everything was kind of self-managed. And not even decentralized it was just yeah every every business there every unit tried to run their own show and then there was a big blue company i don't want to say the name now but they came with a big contract thing um they called after a national park in the u.s and and tried to centralize everything and and as we at corporate research sitting in our little library tower were thinking of how the things should run better and i was doing performance testings and we detangled the code at that time of our uh, still now sold uh, control system um, actually one of the best control systems you can still get on the market <laughs> um, the, the the story was um, they tried to turn around everything in networking and, and thought, yes, we are a big company and we know it better than you do and we need to centralize everything. Um, left me a little bit wondering. I started then the discussion with the German IS team. was also a very young team at that time. And it, uh, in that discussion, it, it came up to... Uh, one session I remember where, where my previous manager, there, or my not yet manager, said, hey, if, if you think you can do it better, then do it better. And it really ended up with me saying, then, oh, well, if you think so, then employ me. 
take me over. <laughs> That's how I came to the IS. I, I was looking actually in, into the network security stuff and in other security belongings uh, when, when it came to Windows Server configurations at research. And, and that that why it was an easy shift over. Nice, nice. And you started as a security architect at ABB yeah, kind of. Germany. So what were you doing there? Uh, I started actually as as IT security manager. That was the the role was called at that time. So looking after all the technical stuff that's related to security. Um, architecture role was a little bit later when we raised something we we called that time enterprise architecture board. Um, Germans were one of the first countries in ABB uh, that started with the architecture discussions, but then it got more and more globalized, which mm -hmm. is a good thing. Um, in parallel, I to the architecture thing, also did uh, audits at, at our manufacturing units and uh, the businesses outside. And yeah, you were asking for architecture there. I helped uh, the German team to find out uh, the proper standard to use. Um, how to document the architecture. We, we once screw up a tool named Adonis, which is these days still quite uh, famous at ABB at least, and well used. So we defined the standards before all the others, how to document the things. And it was when, 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 when business had an idea to integrate something new, Business can be very demanding, but it's nothing I need to tell you. But um, they they have strange ideas, and they have project managers looking after things. And one company sometimes doesn't know what the other side of the company does, and and then it comes to discussions. And I want to use this, and I want to use that, and how can I do? And that was the the, the primary role of the security architect there giving consultancy, uh, having an oversight into what's what's required from the business, what they can do better, and what's maybe in, in, in use under similar purposes there. So that, that was the, the background to describe it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when you were when you were doing this and you just started out, um, did you just work on the infrastructure side? Or did you have to dabble a little bit with um, working on the factory infrastructure as well? Was was kind of everything. Also looking uh, kind of into the SAP domain. So it was mainly driven by by manufacturing users asking for for new tools, new software solutions, and was the solution provider I mentioned before, having their own thoughts how things can be done. I was, was kind of, I was sometimes feeling kind of a moderator, maybe orchestrator is too big, it sounds too big. Um, yeah, trying to to yeah talk with with the other party about. That the ideas that the others had and, and try to get a picture drawn and, and things at least done at the end. Mm -hmm. So as an example, if, if, if one of, of the line managers wanted to have a dashboard showing the, the throughput of, of, the, of a manufacturing line, it, it ended up in uh, me calling then at the end just as a brief old example, um, calling the, the supplier of that solution and talking with them if they are able to pr uh, provide uh, PHP updates and 
things like that. So really talking into the the brutal details. And for, for this example, it, it really ended up in, in that AVP did not accept this, this offer because they were not able to update the PHP. Mm-hmm. So that that shows a little bit the influence you, you, you can have as an architect on the solution design. And, and my, my idea at that time, and, and still it is the same, I, I don't want to... Uh, put users in trouble just because of saying no, not having another option. I mean, at, at the end of the day, they are keeping our chimney smoking. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the uh, users are definitely, we need to make the users happy, but we also need to not be the the ones that always say no. I think that's uh, that's something that everybody says or at least the operations side always says that security is always saying no do you experience the same thing over there uh, kind of the same it's it, it got better over the year over the years um it's it's users or managers of users having sometimes strange demands and expectations how things can be done and still sometimes you have to explain people that it's not just uh, making a, a button from, from red to green uh, or clicking this and that button and then everything changes with this one click. It's it's some, somewhat difficult to, to, to do changes uh, and to explain what, what the background really is and it also depends on the language the people are talking in. So most of the guys don't speak the technical or even the, the security technical language. And when, when you have the chance to meet them face to face, you can see it when the eyes are getting bigger and bigger and they stop talking. <laughs> and then, then you get an, extra, an understanding of, okay, now you should better stop and, and go back to the simple language. So is it is it better to have um, a face-to-face conversation or? Always, or, yeah. Yeah, always, why, why do you think that? I mean, when 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 you talk over the phone or over Skype with someone, I mean, now we have the advantage that I at least can see you because I don't have a camera here. But um, usually, you just hear the other one. You don't know what's going on in the background. If if they are disturbed by something else and can't focus on what you say, you, I mean, communication is not only a verbal thing. And that's that's the important stuff. As I just described, you when 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 you see how, how someone reacts on what you say, then then it's a little bit easier to to make it more convenient in the talks. Yeah, it's interesting to see that nonverbal communication is still very key in any kind of interaction with people because emails could get lost in translation. Uh, I think that one of my uh, one of my my struggles uh, with coming out of the military is that I tend to be very direct, and so my emails come off very very strong. Um, but at least what I've learned is that Germans are very direct too. Do your emails come off strong, and do you have to switch the way that you speak to or communicate with other cultures? Yeah, it depends a little bit. I mean, it's it's always a cultural thing, even inside Germany. I mean, I'm I'm from the southern part, and, and we from the south. We often wonder how, how. Yeah, I don't want to call them cold. Sorry, guys, in in the northern area, if you hear that. <laughs> um, we we in the south are called more the, the talking guys, and and in the north they are more so. Yeah, living in the fridge. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's 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 all about 
talking and, and yeah, communicating in the right way. I mean, I have lots of things to, to check and do with, with Indian folks and Polish folks. It's it's never difficult for me, at least, but uh, I, I hear it often enough from other people, hey, they don't understand what I want. They they don't do what, what I expect them. Um, I mean, it's 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 like like at the family. I mean, if if you speak with the people in the right way, then you get things done. If not, if you're too obeyish, they they tend to break the rules. Yeah, yeah. And if 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 you s see them that you are too demanding, kind of a reaction thing, then then you can can change the direction. But but as you said, if if you nail down things in a mail. And I'm also trying to send my mails in simple, short sentences. I want this. I would like you to do that. And it helps. It helps to find the basis for uh, communication, but I don't usually leave mails un uh, unsupported with, with a call or at least a talk. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess follow-up emails with your international colleagues with possibly a Skype call or a, a voice call. It always is an advantage when you can talk with the people that mm -hmm. have to do the things you, you ask them to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So back to your roles. Um, I see that you're an architect. We talked a little bit about that. You talked about being an IT security manager. Um, you, you've had plenty of roles here. On, on your LinkedIn page, what were some of the most challenging assignments, and you know how how did you deal with those? Challenging, uh, I wouldn't call would call any one of those challenging interesting, and yeah, uh, from from every job I did, I, I was able to learn something, and the most interesting uh, was that transition from the old supplier to an even more centralized global supplier landscape. Um, that was interesting, yeah, two and a half, three years. When when you really get that, that yeah, some, some people would tend to call it cultural clash, but it was not a clash. It was yeah, about talking with people, um, Getting different influences uh, from 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 the different cultures you just mentioned, and and how people reacted there. This this was very very interesting, and and it's 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 something I would really like to recommend to everyone. If if you have the chance, go for for international merger thing. It's it's a great thing you can do, and you can you can just learn from it. Yeah, definitely. The I think for me, for me, the international experience really opened my eyes a lot to to different cultures and how to speak with folks. Uh, definitely a good a good uh, way to learn um, that you're not inside your professional bubble when you're in a global organization. Oh yeah. So what do you, uh, being in an international organization, you have different kinds of leaders that are there and um, a, lot of it, a lot of what ABB is or was, was matrix um, managed. How do you deal with that um, when you have multiple bosses? 
it depends on what your boss knows about what you do. Slash if if he's interested in what what you do. Usually they they say they are, but uh, as as I mentioned before, when you talk with, with different stakeholders, you have to know how they react on it. I mean, everyone can say yes, yes, I understand you, and I I understand what's what's driving you and how how things are reported back or measured. But at at the end, um, if 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 your manager doesn't get what 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 obstacles are, and how he can support, I mean all the metrics you you calculate, are sometimes calculated against you. I'm I'm at the moment not focusing on 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 the the, the too detailed metrics. I have, I have more that, 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 as we also said at the beginning of the call, the hidden metric that I'm focusing on, keeping the users working, keeping them happy. You can measure this in SLAs and you can define KPIs for it. Uh, I mean, CSAT is, is one of, of, of the numbers you can calculate out of everything. But at the end, it's it's not only the user, the customer that needs to be satisfied. It also needs to be your supplier to be satisfied, because a satisfied supplier also makes makes a satisfying job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When when it when it comes to to metrics, yes, at, at our company, everything is about measurement. I mean, measurement is 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 the only vehicle you have to to say if if something is in, is a success or not. Most mostly, not not everywhere, but mostly, and it it ends up in numbers, and, and numbers are the basics for 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 selling topics to other people. I mean, you you can't express feelings in a chart. Yes, that's, that's why measuring makes sense. I mean, I I never stumbled upon the point where. where they, they were talking about um, negative charges or uh, how, how should I call it uh, unsuccessful um, delivery fees things like that I think you get my drift here yeah yeah but yeah it's it's important to have have a, a working measurement and having working metrics and they should not be so strict that you define them as, as being eternal me- metrics and you never change them. You have to adapt them slightly. For for the business I'm doing at the moment, I'm, I'm always trying to, to have an eye on, on how the supplier fulfills it and but also how the users react on, on what the supplier is doing with their devices or their installations. It's it's not always the supplier. It's sometimes also the user that that has another thought of of acting or reacting. So how do you get these these measurements, and how do you come to an agreement with the users and the business? It's, it's a multiple dimension thing. Um, at, at one side we have our portal where where the tickets are entered and where the, the clock really starts ticking. And the, the more softer part is when you define the contract at the first time you have experience. And experience is, is one of the key elements, but experience is nothing you can write down in, 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 in a single sheet. 
on a definition or even in a process. Uh, you can try, but then it ends up in, in yeah, harmonizing things, building averages on things. And one installation usually is, is not like the other. I mean, we, we are talking in IT, automation is key here. Most of the times it's key at least, and it works, but it, it can happen that you do 10 installations of the same kind with the same image, and all these 10 installations have it different. And then there comes the user element to it. Uh, a supplier can only be as good as, as the user allows him to be. There is sometimes interaction required, and this interaction is something that's that's that 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 yeah it 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 changes the things when when it comes to approaching a user directly live in front of his PC because something has to be done there it's it's different than just clicking a button and, and sending out a piece of software and for for my encryption domain I'm working in at the moment it's it's really when when you are running into trouble the trouble can be really big because it can leave end-user devices inaccessible mm -hmm. up to that mm -hmm. or unserviceable and then it needs to be reinstalled and I mean it's 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 a kind of sometimes I want to call it a human habit to rely on the technical stuff too much and I mean I don't need to tell you what, what happens when, when one of your family members never runs a backup of his phone or of his PC and then it crashes <laughs> um, expect the same when, when you are just a bunch of people just a few ones and you get uh, request escalations from, from 130,000 uh, family members here it can be difficult to explain the guys and then they have kind of expectations I want to achieve this, I want to achieve that just leave me alone, leave me working yeah and, and then when, when something happens and it a disk is too old or is not compatible from one to the other software then then you have this issue and then every kind of measurement is, is, is gone you just try to fix it as good as you can explain the user as good as you can what he can do better next time like doing regular backups and I can motivate everyone to do regular backups not on internal but on external disks yeah, that's 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 something. As I said at the beginning, you you learn by time, and you you never stop learning. Last question: Five years ago, what advice would you give yourself um, in regards to what you've learned in the industry and uh, working working with different cultures and and everything that you've done um, with ABB? Hmm. Last answer. <laughs> Last answer. Yeah, um, what I have learned over the last five years, uh, which I did not expect like that, is that you, yeah, simply speaking, you can't squeeze blood out of stones. It's all about humans. Um, even if you just buy in a service from a supplier, it's, it's people working in the background. And you can push as much as you want if, if the people don't fit into that service delivery um, the service will never run so it's it's all about teams and the relation to the people in the teams um, 
you should never trust that what you think what will happen in five years will still happen in five years. It can happen earlier. It can even happen from one to the other week, even day. And then you have to readapt to, to what you were thinking before or not. And that's, that's, that's an elemental thing. The, the other thing, um, don't put too many expectations into that other people can hold their timelines. Even if you have your own thoughts, here I developed a kind of a strange formula, but maybe it's worth telling. Yeah. Um, when when someone tells you, it, I require one hour for doing this and that, don't believe him. Don't believe him at first <laughs> and, and just estimate. He said one hour, double it, what he said, and then add the unit again to it. So make exactly then from this one hour by doubling it two hours out of it and then add a, another hour, and then you're probably done with them. Or when, when someone says, uh, it, it, it takes me two weeks, same, make four weeks out of it and add another week. So that's, that's I don't know why, but it, it seems to be re really realistic. Uh, and, it, and it fits into the, the scheme, don't put your expectations too high and don't be too too demanding don't expect someone something from someone that you can't do yourself otherwise you know he's the only expert yeah that's good advice all right man i really appreciate your time today um thank you so much for your experience and and taking the time to talk with us thank you Wilson. it was a pleasure for me cool So there you have it. If you enjoyed this episode, I've got some other great guests lined up in the weeks to come. So please don't forget to have your friends subscribe, subscribe yourself. And if you have any questions, let me know at devseclead.com. Catch you in a few weeks. Till next time. Cheers. Cheers.